This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, August 16th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. Is school choice a policy preference rooted in racism? It's a bold claim and one that demands some evidence. Neil McCluskey, director of the Cato Institute's Center for Educational Freedom, discusses the claims. How do critics come at this uh, to conclude that school choice is rooted in a kind of bigotry? Well, uh, the way things have sort of kicked off in what seems to be a new push by school choice opponents to to say the reason you should oppose school choice is because it's based in racism and bigotry, uh, it really seemed to start with uh, a report that came out of the Center for American Progress uh, the beginning of July – um, that asked uh, sort of straight up in its title whether uh, school choice or school vouchers are racist. It said that they have a clearly racist origin uh, and therefore it is a totally legitimate question to say, well, is school choice today racist? Uh, it's not like this is a brand new topic. People have talked about this for you know on and off, but it's never really been elevated to headlines. Uh, but that Center for American Progress report uh, was launched, by the way, at the American Federation for Teachers, which is the second largest teachers union in the country. Uh, and what we saw was then Randy Weingarten, who's the president of the AFT, in a speech to that union's national convention a few days after this report was released, uh, said basically that school choice um, and proposed cuts to federal education spending are the cousins, the slightly more polite cousins of segregation that we that we saw uh, in actually public schools in the you know Jim Crow era. Uh, and then there was a, another article um, from a journalist called Catherine Stewart, which ran in the New York Times uh, at the end of July, uh, that tried to say, look. The basis for school choice for vouchers were a whole lot of not just racist, but it also turns out uh, people who are anti-Catholic um, and who want a theocracy, uh, who are writing largely in the 1870s, 1880s, they are also the origins of school choice. Uh, and and that part about segregation goes back to after Brown v. Board of Education, it's true that there were some Southern districts that among many efforts to avoid integrating their public schools said, well, we'll let people take public money to private schools. That's what the CAP study said. See, this is the origin of racist school choice. But it's all now getting combined into basically uh, people who don't like any sort of minority group, religious or racial. Those are the people who support school choice. And it's also finally now surprisingly been connected to Democracy in Chains, the McLean book that says, well, libertarianism is really based in racism and bigotry. So what is your response to the, the specific claim that, uh, for one, anti-Catholic bigotry is a, a source of the desire for school choice? Yeah, so I think that there's sort of a spectrum of ludicrousness uh, for the claims that we've seen really in the last month or so. Uh, and the one that is most ludicrous is clearly the one that says – 
school choice arguments were really anti-Catholic. And it's very hard for me even to tell you what the basis for that is because it, it is so at odds with the clear historical record. The clear fact of the matter is if any group started the push for school choice, it was Catholics because public schools in America – were, for the most part, de facto Protestant institutions. The belief for many people was that the role of the public schools was to make people into proper Americans, and the assumption was that meant you were Protestant. And so actual physical battles were fought to some extent between Catholics and Protestants over whether or not the public schools should be clearly Protestant or should allow some accommodations for Roman Catholics. In the 1840s, you had the Philadelphia Bible riots, which were really two uh, separate waves of warfare in the outskirts of Philadelphia uh, between Catholics and Protestants over whose version of the Bible would be used. Actually, tens of people are killed in these, in these battles. And what you see is, over time, the Catholics say, we cannot accept the school system that tries to force on our children religion that we don't believe in, or at least aspects that we don't agree on. And they set up a huge system of private schools, the parochial schools. Uh, they're famous. I mean, and, and at their peak in the 1960s, they uh, enrolled, it was about 12% of all school-age kids, or 5.5 million kids. And for And throughout most of this history, they said, please let that public funding, the money that we pay for in taxes, let that follow kids to schools that teach what we believe is essential for them to learn about religion. So to say that school choice was based in anti-Catholicism is just mind-boggling. There is more of a basis to say that, well, there was certainly an effort to have school choice so that people could escape uh, public schools that were being forced to integrate. But First of all, that is not at all representative of modern school choice. In fact, the groups that want school choice the most are African Americans and then also Hispanics because they want the ability to choose a school that's good for their kids. And it ignores the, by far the much bigger, much more impactful segregator of our history, which has been public schools. Brown v. Board was about saying public schools that had forced segregation now have to stop doing that. Um, and even today, though, we see that public schools are massively segregated because at this point we say, okay, well, if you want access to a good public school, you have to be able to afford the housing in those school districts. And that hugely segregates people by income, and income is highly correlated to race. So if that's the uh, the Catholic, anti-Catholic argument is the most ludicrous, what do you take to be the least ludicrous argument that uh, these folks are offering? Well, I think what they're not really offering, this is an argument because they realize that the public school system is as susceptible, if not more, than truly private schooling would be. I do think there's a lot of research that shows that people are naturally inclined to live with people like themselves and to have their kids educated in schools with people like themselves. So I don't think it is, it's crazy to say, well, if we had truly 
free market education, truly everything was private, that you'd still see a lot of segregation. I think that you would, again, because you have this natural tendency of it's simply more comfortable for people to live uh, and have their kids educated with you know, people who are a lot like themselves. And so it's not crazy to say you'd still see segregation, but that ignores, again, that you'd see the same things in public schooling, that right now you see it rampant in public schooling, and that the barriers to overcome it are much bigger in a public schooling system where to access a, a, a good school, which tends to mean uh, often a white and Asian school, you have to be able to buy a house in one of these districts. So instead of the price of tuition, you're saying, well, you got to pay $750,000 for a house or something like that. And the other thing that's really important about school choice, and there is research that shows that this is beneficial if you want to foster intergroup contact that has la- builds lasting bonds between people, is you have to have that contact be voluntary, be equal status contact, where there's not an assumption that one group is inferior or superior. Uh, and it has to be in pursuit of common goals and have something that both sides actually want. And private schooling is much more suitable to doing that because a private school can say, look, we have these clear religious values we think are important, or we think it's absolutely important that we have strong character education, or that we have a strong arts-based program. And what that does is it brings in people, we'll talk about race, but it could be religion, it could be lots of different things, but it enables people who might have sort of natural separation to find some bonding agent that naturally helps them come together to to help overcome those divisions. They may all want that arts-based education, and that's something that binds kids who may be of different religions or different races. They may want that shared religious education with those shared norms, which again helps give a glue that helps to bond people together that doesn't exist when you just say, okay, you're going to be assigned to this public school so that you go there with people who look different. And what that has often just led to is people moving away or just not uh, accepting that and maybe even setting up separate districts, which we've seen a rash of in public schools. So private schooling is not certainly going to, if we went to universal private schooling, it wouldn't make everybody suddenly all live with people different from themselves and the exact proportion that those groups are in American society. But it would give us what we need in education to much more effectively bring people together over time. What do you believe is the root of this? You mentioned African-Americans being more likely uh, to support school choice. Is it just sort of a naked play to uh, win their support back for uh, public schools? Yeah, as always, I mean, I'm, I'm hesitant to say there's one set of motivations. I don't doubt that there are a lot of people who say, well, look, if we let people choose schools, they would choose schools with people like themselves. Because again, that's something we've seen very clearly. They tend to be in denial about how much and how rampantly that occurs in public schools. But I believe that, that there are people who, who quite honestly worry about that. Uh, but there also seems, it seems likely that there is an aspect of this of, this is going to be a very potent political weapon. You immediately put people on the most defensive posture they can be, which is school choice people trying to say, trying to explain, trying to plead that, no, we're not racist or we're not anti-religious or we're not anti-whatever. And nobody wants that to be the 
terrain that they're fighting on is having to defend themselves as not being racists uh, or not being bigots of some type. And I do think that there is an element of, of you know, public schooling interest groups saying this is going to be a really effective weapon, sort of the atom bomb of political discussion uh, of, of accusing basically school choice supporters of being racist and then they have to be constantly fighting just to prove that they're not racist as opposed to we want to empower people of all races to get the best education they can for their unique kids. And oh, by the way, the groups that have been most disempowered by public schools are African-Americans, the very people that school choice supporters are being accused of not caring about or, or maybe even hating. Uh, and so I do think that this is, for some people, uh, sort of almost a last-ditch effort to attack school choice by saying, you guys are going to have to defend that you're not racist, and nobody wants to have to be in the position of proving that they're not a racist. Neil McCluskey is director of the Cato Institute's Center for Educational Freedom and is author of Feds in the Classroom. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.